You are listening to the weekly podcast of Greater Christ Temple in Lima, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. Sometimes you got to shake up what's in you. You can't let, you got to remember what the Lord's brought you from. You got to remember who you are. You got to remember what you have living on the inside of you. You got to remember what you have access to the throne of God. You got to realize that you don't panic when things go on. I didn't panic during the pandemic. They said it was a virus going around. I said, okay. If I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. I wasn't worried. I wasn't sitting at home and going through all this old stuff that a lot of people went through. Because what about the Holy Ghost? What about God in your situation? You got to always remember that you're different, that you're a peculiar group of people, royal priesthood. You got to remember who you belong to and who your God is, who your father is. David was experiencing pleasure. I had pleasure when I knew it was almost time for us to come back to church. I knew the word of God was still going forth. I knew that people were getting it, those that could on the internet. Some people had to learn the internet and all of that. When we started out, this thing called the pandemic, many of you knew nothing about the internet. Some people didn't even know how to text, but they become educated because they had a hunger and thirst for the word of God. They couldn't be settled just not being able to hook up. Mary knew nothing about no internet and Facebook and all that, but now she knows more than I do. She's putting stuff on there. I don't even know how she did it. I don't know. I don't know. Deacon Ward didn't know nothing about no internet. I taught him how to, how to text. I taught Kathy how to text. They didn't know nothing about it, but they learned how every time you pop up, Leonard Ward, Kathy, Mary, because you learn, you have a hunger, you want to be around them. You got to understand that God takes into account all of this. He takes into account when you put something before him. He takes into account when you're not accountable to him. You're not accountable to the man of God. I'm not your, your natural father or daddy, but I'm your spiritual father. So I need to know what's going on with you. When Mike started feeling little feelings, Toward Leslie, he talked to me. He said, hey, Dad, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I mean, and, and I like to feel like I got a part of it because I kind of set it up. I didn't know that, but I let him bring her into the church. So it started. So we were accountable. Mike started getting smiles on his face. And as I said a few weeks ago, it was a pastor, uh, evangelist, um, uh, Brandon Hollis, that told him, God's going to bring you somebody. And Sam said that my other sons was running after girls. Mike wasn't, uh, not, wasn't uh, not interested in girls, but he was more interested in God and school and all of that and everything. But God brought him the prize because he's been faithful. Look at God. Look at God. So we came back to church. It lasted with the pandemic lasted when it lasted. We talked about coming back. People wanted to come back to church because they knew a little bit more than I did. But when the spiritual one thing my pastor told me is that you'll never uh, be above your pastor. Even though conditions were looking good, like it was time to come back to church. But when we talked on that particular night, I said, God told me no. And so everybody said, okay, all right. But Sam said, you're the pastor. You've never led us wrong. And then, don't you know, Elder uh, Newby, on that particular Monday after that, the ceiling fell. 
If we got in here and the organ got to going, the drums got to going, and everything, we got to praising God, the ceiling could have fell right there with Grandma and Deacon Ward and all of them sitting right there. Because God talks to his man servant. He talks to his woman servant. He talks to his children. I didn't know why. Because I think we could, well, okay, okay, we can go. But then God said no as I was getting ready for the meeting. God said no. He didn't say no, don't go back to church. He said no. And that was the only thing pending on my mind. So I listened to him. And it paid off. That water came in and it went down. And it went down to the foundations of the church and messed with the foundation. Isn't that something? It was weak. The, uh, excuse me. The, the floor here was all weak and wet. And, and water can be a blessing when you drink that nice cool water. Or water can be a curse. It was water to destroy the earth when Noah was here. When God told Noah to build an ark, he didn't know what that was, but he listened to God. And he was obedient. And he and his family replenished the earth. I was glad when they said unto me, it's joy. Glad is joy. It's delight. To be glad means to be made happy. And willing willing to do something means glad too. Made pleased, satisfied, or grateful. I was glad. We've been out of church too long. We had gone through the internet too long and everybody couldn't get to the internet. And then when it seemed to start letting up in one area, it seemed like it would get worse. I remember some of you called me saying, Bishop, do you mind if I go over to such and such church? They, they're open. I understand that we're not open. I understand there's work going on up here and all this. And I said, no problem. But I always tell you, be careful where you eat. You got to be careful. My grandparents told me that when I was a kid. They told me not to eat. They didn't say, be careful where you eat. I mean, you go over and people's mamas will be bringing out bologna sandwiches and hot dogs and, and all that stuff. We didn't have no ketchup or mustard, but we had hot dogs. And let me tell you, I couldn't eat none because I was afraid if I ate some, my grandfather would kill me. Now, I know he ain't going to kill me, but that's a term we use. I know, Michael, one time my son was uh, at school and they uh, in a church, and they were coming into church to do something, and uh, they, some guys were touching the, the mics that were up. They, they was tall enough to touch the mics, and he touched one, and the teacher saw him. The teacher didn't see the rest of the people, and sometimes we're picked out to be picked on. Oh, yeah. So she saw Michael Cooper. She didn't see all these other t people that touched the mic. And so she, she wrote him up and called me, Michael. He said he told his friend, my dad is going to kill me. I'll see you today because I probably won't be here the next day. But just using that terminology because he knew that he was a disciplined child. He knew, but what? But, but sometimes other people will do things and you think nothing's wrong with it. And then you're the one that get caught. Some people, I know he used to like to walk this fence at the bank. And sometimes I said, Michael, get down there because you might just fall. Oh, Daddy, I got it. I got it. But you know, some people fell off that fence. You just don't know. It might be your turn. My wife and I talk about all the football games that he was in and all the compact, contact and, and all that stuff to only come out in a, a career of playing since he was six years old until 22, only having two injuries. Having his shoulder and, and having his, whatever you call it, uh, I forgot what you call it. But anyway, don't have two injuries. Some people hit their head once 
and they're a vac of vegetable. Sometimes they get hit once in the leg and they can never walk again. Look at God's grace and God's mercy. I was so glad when the coach told him, he said, Coop, I can get you in the pros. And when you're a kid, a father thinks, wow, I'd love to see my son on TV. When the Bressons was talking about their cousin Steve playing and, and this, that, and the other, and all stuff was going on, I said, boy, I'd like to see my son on TV. I would just wanted him to get drafted by the Cleveland Browns or the Cincinnati Bengals so I didn't have to go too far so I could get to the games. But then Elder Marshall Taylor said, I can get him in the Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks. I said, oh, Jesus, that's on the other side of the country. And I, I was happy, but, but, but deep inside I had to let him determine. And so when the coach talked to him, he said, all you got to do is get out there and run a few days and I can get you on. And I thought about that. And I, I lost some sleep over it and everything too. But all the time he was praying. And when he got through praying, he told the coach, coach, I appreciate it, but I think I'm done. He could have chose another way. And then we could have been finding out that he got with the wrong people. And start picking up the wrong habits and, uh, and things like that. And, and the women and all the stuff that comes with it. Money. Sometimes I wonder how can people that make so much money do such crazy things. It's on the news every day. But God spared him of that. God had his wife sitting right here. He didn't know. We didn't know. But God knows. God knows everything. So the place of our blessing is right here in the house of God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. We get glad about a lot of things. We get glad when there's weddings coming up and, and things like uh, holidays and Thanksgiving and all that. We get happy. We get excited. We get excited at family gatherings. We get excited. Uh, my son told me the other night, he said he went to the football game. I said, well, I almost don't know uh, some of the players that are playing now because those that were playing when I was announcing, they're seniors now. This is my last class. He said, yeah, Dad, but just the excitement of it, just the fun of it, you know, and it's your team. I said, well, I guess that is another way to look at it. But excited, excited about games, excited about Christmas, excited when a child was born. Miles is two months old. I was so excited when the Lord blessed him. I was excited when Mason was born. I was excited when Michael was born. I was excited. I didn't get, I didn't get thrown off because Mason had had some problems with his early childbirth. I knew that God was in control. I know we call it a miracle child and all that, but I just call it God working. God knew what he was doing. He tested our faith. He knows how to make us pray. He knows how to make us trust him. He knows how to pick certain situations so that you can always look back at it and say, look where he brought us from. I was happy. I was glad. Glad when things go my way. I was glad when uh, things work out for somebody. Glad when I, I, I see um, things uh, work in people's lives. I get glad and get happy about it. I get glad when I hear about graduation. I get happy when I hear about things that people are doing. I, I get happy when I, that Mike has finished his electrical program, the training and all that. I, I get happy when I found out that Sam, who was a little boy when I came here, is an electrician. Now he's doing work. He and Mike and Tay, they're doing work over here that we'd have to pay thousands of dollars to get people to do. Oh, I was glad when I heard, oh, he said, oh, Bishop, we can handle this. 
I was happy when he and Ted and, 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 and his boys said, we can, we can put this sign up out here. All we got to do is get it delivered here. We, we'll take care of it. I was happy when we got the chair out there. And, so, and, and Ted said, oh, I can handle this. I was happy. Happy. Things make me happy. was happy when I think about the bottom lines and my mother's in the presence of the Lord. I got to th- stop thinking about the sad things. I can't stop. I got to think about how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity and to keep to get, get together and not fuss and fight and argue and love one another. And then when one of us goes, we go to be with the Lord. That's where we're trying to get anyway. There's a lot of things that bring me joy. There's a lot of things. But when they talked about during that pandemic, it's starting to let up. And then here comes the devil with another report. And my son said, Dad, you can't believe every report that you hear on the air. And he took me to some internet stations, uh, uh, sites that I couldn't get normally. I didn't know nothing about it. I just know what Google offers me. I begin to see. I begin to talk to Vanessa uh, Kenner. And Vanessa starts saying, Bishop, they running game on us. They don't want people to get well. It's a population control thing. If you do the right thing, you're going to come through this. And early they were putting people on ventilators and things like that. And ventilators, the body couldn't take it. Their, their system was too weak to take the ventilator. But I was glad when the Lord let us know I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bring you out. All the credit goes to me. I can come together. David had been through some things. David had been with Bathsheba, and he had allowed himself to get in the flesh just like all of us can. But then, when the child came, and he went in the morning, he went in the sackcloth and ashes, he was in the room, he was the king, but he was like a peasant. He was fasting and praying, and they thought, wow, we don't know if the king's going to make this or not. But one day he had a feeling that the son had died. And he said, is my son gone? And he said, yes, king, he's dead. And he said, well, he can't come back to me, but I can go to him. Make me a bath. Get my clothes out. He went right back to being the king. That's the way it is with us. When we go through our situations in life, we might go through, but God brings us out. He'll take us from one place to the other. And if he's done it before, what's wrong with this time? I was glad when they said unto me, I can see the saints of God, not just on, uh, talk to them on the phone. I was glad when my son showed me how you could talk to people on Facebook and talk to people on Duo and see their faces. I was so glad, so glad when I found out about Zoom that you could talk to to people and you could see their faces. And some of you still didn't want to show your face. Wash your face and clean your, eat your hair together. Anyway, I was glad. I was so happy. But when they said churches were opening up, The governor made a statement when it started. He said, I can't tell pastors what to do. I can't tell you to close your church. But if you care about your people, you will until this virus gets under control. Some people want to be super saints and all that. I'm going anyway. Okay, well, some of them, you see what happened. In the Church of God in Christ, they kept having their meetings. The bishops met over in Michigan. I think it was in Michigan. And about 30 of them died. 
Isn't that something? We were getting ready to have our PAW convention in Baltimore, Maryland. We just had it in Cincinnati, and I sat with the full bishops. I'm bishop over a region. These, some of these bishops are bishops over states and countries. And I sat with them. And I was supposed to sit with them in Baltimore, too. Oh, Elder Newby, I was so excited. I didn't know what to do just to be in there. They told me we've come a long way because it used to be that if a bishop spoke to you, you were happy. It made you happy. I remember when Sister White and Sister Carter, I think it was, came to our convention. I forgot what city we were in, Atlanta. I can't remember where we were. And I told them, they told me they were coming. And I told those in registration and all that. These two people are from my church. When they come and register, take care of their registration and let me know they were here. They sent somebody to the pulpit. I left the pulpit. I went out there and Sister Carter and Sister White were so shocked. I said, Pastor, you, you busy? You come out here to see us? I said, yes, you belong to me. We're family. He said, oh, we ain't used to this. When pastors with the big shots, sometimes you don't know if you're going to get to it. Ain't no such thing as big shots and little shots. We all in this thing together. And I'm glad to see you. That's why when I see you in the morning and I speak to you and we go to dinner and come back with church, I want to speak to you again. I hugged you when I left. I want to hug you again because you could have died between that time. Millions of people, thousands of people, millions all over the world probably have died since we've been in this service now. For the fact that God still got us here. I was so glad when they said we can go back to church. And I was so glad. I said, wear your mask, do whatever you want to do. But it's good for us to come back together. Because Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail, shall not win against it. He told Paul to tell us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is. That means that when a tornado comes, as soon as you get everything together, get back to church. When storms come, as soon as you get it together, come back to church. He still wants us to keep our agenda, and he still shows the world that we're going to keep our agenda. There's some people who haven't went back to church yet. That in the, the days before the pandemic, you would have thought that they was Jesus' first cousin. But then, since the pandemic came, you can't see them. You can't find them. You can see them everywhere else. Oh, you can see them at the restaurant. You can see them at Kmart. You can see them at Walmart. You can see them wherever. But they can't come to church. Why is it that the church was the last thing to open? <laughs> and one of the first things to close. Because Satan devised a plan. If I can guess, yes, the virus was real. But if I can put it in their minds that the church is over, that it becomes electronic church now, that you can watch it on TV. He still said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. I told people before, they talk about, well, I'm, I'm, I belong to Bishop Jakes' church. I said, let somebody get sick in your family and see if Bishop Jakes will be there. Bishop Jakes is a good friend of mine. He's a great pastor, a great man of God. He and my wife come up together in church. They were in the same organization. She was there when he was made a bishop and all of that. But you can't have a television pastor. When you need somebody to pray for you, you got to have somebody that you can call on. When Angie and, and Ron got sick, they didn't call no TV preacher. They called me to pray for them. 
This morning, Mike sent me a message to pray for him. He didn't call the TV evangelist. He called his pastor. That's why God said, I'll give you pastors after my own heart. And they shall minister to you. And they are, you are to be accountable to your parents in the Lord. Being accountable doesn't mean that I'm a slave owner and you're a slave. It means just let me know what's going on. I know where Jill Scales is. She had to work today. The patient she takes care of, she had to do that because the family went out of town. She's accountable. I know where Mike is. I know where Angie and, and, and Ron are. I don't know where anybody else is. If the Lord were to ask me, and you talk about praise the Lord, Pastor, and the Lord asked me, can you give an account for them? No, I can't because they didn't contact me. They didn't, they didn't do the things that, that you're requiring. No matter what the world says, we still have to do what God requires. My pastor knew where I was all the time. He knew I was at work. He knew as soon as I got off from work, I worked at night, but I was at Bible class at night. Bible class started at 7.30. I didn't get off to 9 o'clock. We didn't get out to almost 10 or 11 anyway. So I was there. I could have used an excuse. Not showed up for Bible class. But I didn't use it for an excuse. I made every counsel. I left my job. God bless me that I had a job that I could leave. I was the boss. I answered only to the superintendent. So Bishop Irvin and I made counsels. That's why he's a bishop. That's why I'm a bishop. I'm not trying to brag or anything. I thought that's what we're supposed to do. I thought when God called me here to pastor, I had no idea. But when I figured out that's what happened, it was my job to come here. Now I'm coming, oh, I'm going to get me a church in Springfield. It's closer to me. Or I'm going to get a bigger church. All this old stuff that people want to try. But let me tell you something. I was glad when they said unto me, it's time to go to church. I get happy on Saturday night. And I told you last week, then on Sunday morning, here comes the devil with a truckload of tiredness and just dumps it right in your bed. And you feel like, oh, I can't get up. I can't do this. This morning, I was going to get up at 8 o'clock. And I waited until about 8.15. And then I started to turn over and I felt a little pain. I just and went on anyway and got up and shaved and showered and all that and was ready. Just had to wait for my wife and we got here. Every time you see me, you got to remember, I'm going to drive almost 200 miles. And you say, well, Bishop, that's your fault. No, it ain't my fault. That's what God ordered for me. So I remember David said, Bishop, you're more faithful than those of us who live here. David Deacon Breston said that one year, one time. And I said, that's my calling. I got to be there. You've been called in the holiness You've been called to be right here. God knew where he was leading you when he brought you to come to this church. You know, people talk about, I was going to go to such and such a church and this, that, and the other, and this church, and, and I got this church. I got one church. I have a home church that I came from. They're having a celebration for the 100 years next month. And they just let me know last night. And I looked on my calendar and I'm blessing my grandsons on that day. Now I'll get there if I can, but if I can't, I'm going to be right here. This is where God called me. He didn't call me to go to two or three or four or five churches. I remember when I got saved and I went to another church 
on Sunday morning. The pastor's wondering, where in the world is Mike? You know, and, and the spotlight was on me because I was a disc jockey. I was well-known, all that. So he was trying to keep me under his arm. And so I came to church that night. He said, where were you this morning? I said, I went over to Mount Zion. What? Mount? What? You know, the pastor sitting there wondering what you're doing here? Because he saved you here. He didn't save you to be the visiting, going around this and the other. He knows what he's doing. He put you just like in our families. He put the Cannons in the Cannon family. He put the Brestons in the Brestons family, the Whites in the White family, the McDonald's in the McDonald's. He didn't put me in the Cooper family for me to be at the wards all the time and that Elder Ward would be my daddy. He gave me a daddy. I didn't know who he was. Elder Ward could be a substitute daddy for me, and he was a wonderful man, too. He had a good, good daddy, Leonard. Some of y'all don't remember, but I do. Okay, all right, okay. But he saves you the same way he does when he births you. You're born in here. When I went to tell my pastor on Saturday after I got the Holy Ghost on Friday night and got baptized in Jesus' name on Sunday morning, Saturday morning, I called him a little later in the morning, and I said, Pastor, I just called to tell you I quit. He started laughing. He said, you've been wrestling with the devil all, he told me that, you've been wrestling with the devil all night, haven't you? I said, yes, sir. So I called you to quit. I made a mistake getting baptized in Jesus' name. And he said, Mike, give the Lord a chance. You didn't join here. You were born in here. Okay. And so you just can't quit. Now you can turn your back on it if you want to, but I'll tell you this, you will live to regret that you turned your back on God. Parents live to regret, Sam and I were talking about this morning, that you don't insist your children do what you tell them to do. We didn't have no voting if we was going to church or not. Even when I moved with my mother, I wasn't saved. But everybody in the house went to Brittanelle, Church of Christ of Apostolic Faith, 1200 Brittanelle Avenue. I came up at Refuge Baptist Church, so I would go to my church. I had to go to church. Wasn't nobody voting to see who wanted to go to church. What about staying home just to stay home in the bed and all that? You're going somewhere. And I remember back growing up, even when I was growing up, my grandmother would tell, oh, no, you're going to church. And then I'd act like I was sick sometimes. Mama, is that you? I knew who it was. I'm trying to play sick. She said, you can play sick all you want, but you ain't going nowhere. If you stay here or you make me lose church because I think you're sick, and you playing, God's going to get you, first of all. God's got a record of all of it. You live 40, 50 years and think, oh, God didn't forgot about that. God hadn't forgot nothing. You got to give an account for everything that you do in this life. Now, here's the, here's the, here's the high point. Even when it's under the blood, God has forgiven you. But he still, you still have to stand before him and give an account. Every lie you told, still got to give an account. Everything that you did was ungodly. Everything that you didn't do that was ungodly, you still got to give an account for. Even though that, those things are, we sometimes get so used to God forgiving us. I heard Pastor Plump the other night, and I sent it to some of you all. I was at the anniversary service of Pastor uh, Carnes in to leave in, uh, excuse me, in Troy. And Pastor Plump from Dayton, Ohio was preaching. And he said he had somebody one time tell him how saved he was and everything. And he said he told him that God's forgiven me for my sins past, present, and future. 
So I can sin and do anything I want to do because that's forgiven. Don't you let the devil twist your mind up and make you think that. God wants you to forsake sin, to become a full-blooded, spiritually filled child of God. So everything you do is spiritual. Back in my day, Sister Kathy, we went to church. We were so dedicated to going to church. And you hear our stories. You hear Bishop Logan. You hear Bishop uh, Irvin and, and all of them, Elder Perriman, all of them talk about us and the relationship that we had at our church. And we still got it now. District Elder Garfield Parker, we still got it now. Almost 50 years later, I got in 47. Bishop Logan and Parker and them got in 50 and Perriman. 50 this year, 72 is when they got saved. Okay, but that camaraderie is there. They banned Bibles and Bible and um, choir rehearsal because we come to choir rehearsal and they be taking time to learn the song. So we got to get in the Bible. So they said, please don't bring these Bibles. Matter of fact, it's against the rules to bring your Bible to, to, to us. So we said, okay, so you all get yourself together and know the songs when we come here. And they did. They got it together. Because we went to work because we had to work to eat and we had to work to pay our tithes and our offerings to support the church. That's what we went to. We didn't go to work because that was the main thing. Because sometimes the more you work, the less you can do when you're not doing God right. God, that's the way he does his principle with tithing. God tells you to give 10% of every penny that you get. And you can't divide a penny. Okay, but 10% of every dollar that you get. I'm not talking about what comes in your check. I'm talking about that you make. You might make $1,000 and only get 700 or 800 or something. But he wants you to tithe off of that 1000 So you give God 100 and he'll bless you to do more with the 90% because you're obedient than you can do with the 100%. You wonder why you're always struggling. You wonder why you're going through. You know, huh. I hope some of my sons are watching this where they're selling pizzas. Oh, yeah, truth is truth. Right is right. I want you to go to heaven. I don't want God to say I got somewhat against you. I want you to put God first. We only here now. We worked on our schedule. We here one hour and a half. And then a few minutes because we have announcements. Okay, an offering. I get up to preach at 11.30. I sit down at 12.30 or very close to it. That's all. In a whole week, think about those 24 hours a day that you have to do whatever you got to do. My wife, this morning, I needed a shirt. And she had a nice shirt out and everything. I said, I think I wore that a few weeks ago. Because a lot of the shirts that I have, we don't have. We haven't used it because we didn't use a lot of clothes during the pandemic. I didn't get the clothes out every day that I wore to school every day. So they're in a the room. She's finding them little by little. And so she had to get another shirt out. And I thought about, and I mentioned to her, I said, all day Saturday. Yep, yep, yep. But she got me another shirt. You got all this week to get ready for church next week. The only thing when Gwen and, and, and Leonard are getting themselves together, they just the only thing they want to know is a casual Sunday. 
said, they didn't, don't say we can't come. They just wanted to know, is it casual Sunday or is it regular Sunday? Because we're going to be there no matter what it is. If the Lord be our helper. You could have in your mind, when I think about Leonard and Gwen, Leonard came up in a hole in this church. He told you he wasn't living right. He told you that his parents were strict. He told you he knew what to do and not to do. But he kept coming and kept coming. And him and Gwen got married. And they kept coming. And they kept hearing sermons. And some was fire, hell, and brimstone. And some was this and some was that. But they never moved their seat. They kept on coming. Somebody tried to lay hands on them. You got the Holy Ghost. And Leonard said, no, I don't have the Holy Ghost. There was something there that God wanted to get straight. And when he did, in just a few minutes of tearing back in that room back there in my office, Sister Cecily said, I'm going to make it Holy Ghost headquarters. You couldn't have a brewer going here and preach, and everybody need the Holy Ghost coming out, and they were just running out. Wow, what were they doing? Linda came here and got this mic for me and preached all around the church. <laughs> Little choir, Deacon Leonard, yes. And look at the boldness God has given him. Look at you and look at your life. Look at Brooklyn and, and Desmond. They're coming all the way from Columbus. Look at people who come from different places. Yvonne Dixon, Yvonne is probably watching now if she's not at District of Hawkins, Hawkins Church and Carla in Columbus. When they can get here, they're right here. And think about people that are not at any church right now. What are they going to say to the Lord? What excuse are they going to give him? You can give me excuses. You can come, and that's why I don't get excited. When people come to church, I get excited when they stay. And you see spiritual growth in their life. They don't just come when they need prayer. They come because it's part of their life. They want to come together with people of like faith. People who think like they do. People who have been through like they do. People that God has brought out of darkness into his marvelous light like they used to be in. To hear the songs of Zion. That praise team will fire you up. You come in with a burden on you, and they want you to get with them. That's why they put the words on the screen. And all you got to do is hear a round or two of a song, and you got it, and said somebody just sits just like, that's not what this is about. You ain't doing that at the football game, just, or a basketball game, or the price is right. You're making noise. Or when you're, somebody calls your son or daughter's name out, or they had a play or something, you're making noise. That's the way God wants us to do when we come to church. That's why David said, after going through all he'd been through, he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I've done some things, Sister Cannon. I shook the hand of the President of the United States, Barack Obama. And I didn't go crazy. Mr. President. I said, Mr. President, I'm praying for you. He said, thank you so much. He clasped my hand with the other hand and said, thank you so much. I really needed that. I don't know why I just felt led. Elder Corey and I were standing together. Angel Davis was with us too. Micah and Quan was there too. But I just felt the move when the president was getting ready to climax his message. I just felt the move. I didn't run and knock nobody down or anything, but I thanked the Lord. The lady in front of me is a little shorter lady. So I could shake his hand. I wanted to give him that message. I saw President 
Clinton the day before he became, the, two, the Sunday before he became president on Tuesday. I didn't get a chance to shake his hand, but he waved at me and he pointed at Michael. I had him as a little baby. He was two years old. I had him in my hand. My wife said it was too cold for her to go out there, but I went and Michael went and he pointed to my baby. I saw President, I mean, not President, but Senator Robert Kennedy just before he got killed. He was in Columbus in May. He got killed in June. I was excited about those things. I've been in the same room with James Brown and Gladys Knight and the Pips, the Temptations and all that. Introduced them and brought them out on stage. I was excited. But I've been excited about a lot of things. But I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It ain't always been that way. It ain't always been that way because I felt condemnation when I went into the house of the Lord. There was something about every church building except the Holiness Church building. We used to have a street in Columbus, Long Street, had a row of Holiness Churches in storefronts, about four or five of them in one row. And you go by there and the drums is going, and most of the time ladies was on the drums. My wife used to play the drums. She was talking about a drummer, a female drummer last night that she said uh, that reminded her of back in the day, Friday night, I'm sorry. But I wouldn't look at the hole in this church. I, I hung in the barbershop across the street from the church I got saved in. But I wouldn't even look over there because I was condemned. But let me tell you something. When I was asked to go, I didn't want to go. I fussed harder than that baby. I didn't want to go. But I went. And don't you know, I never came out the same. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's okay. Don't, don't worry about it. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. He saved me. He put me on a street called straight. He washed me of my sins. And sure come, he forgave me. God will do the same for you. I was glad. When it was time to go to church this morning, I was glad. I had to get up out of myself. That hot water hit me in that shower, and I felt like I was a whole different person. There's something about God that will, getting excited about God, that will help you. Some people tell me, oh, church is boring. No, you boring. Why don't you make something happen? If things are so boring, why don't you make something happen? I was glad. Oh, I forgot, Sister Cannon. Hit me, Elder. I Hurry up. I was glad when they said unto me, uh, let us go into the house of the Lord. Uh, I just want you to shout, yeah. Shout, yeah. Okay. I preached. Somebody say the bishop was just talking. No, you got to get the message. Got to get the message. You should be glad. That God saved you out of all the millions of people in the world, out of all the people in your family. Think about all your family that should be sitting here. And think about the things when you had a funeral, when things have went wrong, and you think about people who had a chance. I told a friend of mine, my son-in-law, my, my pastor's son-in-law, he had backslidden, but he came back to the Lord. And I told him one day, I said, man, I want to backslide. My wife told me when she went to college, she wanted to backslide. 
but it didn't work. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.